Hello, folks. Welcome to the Esports Report. This is your host, Will Nix, with his awesome co-host, Ashley. Ashley, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, it is a Friday. Teachers are very tired on a Friday, but we're well, we here. Post this on a Friday. Come on now. You're going to tease these people. It'll be a <laughs> Thursday. And they'll be like, nothing ruins your Friday, like finding out it's Thursdays. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, we are here and we're ready to talk esports with you. With me? Okay, yes, I'm ready. I'm, no, no, everybody else at home, uh, email us, talk to us, get on Discord, you'll find us. We are there. And if you're not watching us and this amazing stuff, you're missing it. One of the prettiest podcasters out there, Will Nix. No, of course, my co-host, Ashley. She's doing amazing work as always. Ashley, what are we talking about tonight? Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about a very important topic for not just Georgia programs, but I think any esports program trying to get off its feet. How do you fund your program? Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Let me go ahead and tell you, as somebody who's been around since 2017 doing this, it is not easy. It's not easy. And no matter what a coach tells you, if they say it's easy, they're crazy. So with that, we're going to get started. We'll be right back. Hello, loyal listeners. Boy, do I have something to tell you about today. Now, are you looking for a unique, one-of-a-kind, handcrafted gift for a special occasion? Or maybe you're just looking for a unique, artistic piece to add to your personal collection. Well, look no further. Creations by Alex Hodge is a fantastic one-stop shop to fit all of your needs. Alex Hodge is an amazing artist who specializes in handmade functional ceramics, including mugs, plates, jewelry, ornaments, and so much more. Her one-of-a-kind functional artistic pieces are sure to be the conversation of any gathering. Additionally, many of her creations promote positive, self-loving messages, sure to make you feel good whenever you're taking that nice, hot, first sip of morning coffee, or maybe serving some delicious food on her one-of-a-kind ceramic plates. Furthermore, she does custom orders. That's right. If you have an idea for ceramic piece, she has got you covered. Plus, you can happily support a woman-owned business. So what are you waiting for? Be sure to go to her Etsy and Instagram page titled Creations by Alex Hodge to check her out. You will not regret it. So funding. We're talking about how to fund a program. Ashley, you have built two different programs, which we've covered in other episodes. How would you talk about funding? What what, what is your biggest concern? What are the bigger costs when it comes to esports? Definitely equipment. Uh, Computers. Computers right now are very, very difficult to get because of... Much less buy. Let's just say, I mean... Yeah, the chip shortage... Um, COVID, <laughs> the uh, Bitcoin, um, yep. Bitcoin is sucking up a lot of the resources our, that we have. Our miners, the miners out there, yes, the Bitcoin mm-hmm. miners, yep, for sure. Yep. I've joked about using our machines to do our fundraising, which would be my Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> so, because if we get one, I'm funding mine for quite a year, a few years, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, if you're expanding out past consoles, um, I mean, not consoles, but past PCs, consoles are another issue. You know, for a while, the switches were very hard to get. 
They were, uh, and they were also not just hard to get. They're expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. unlike your traditional console, it's it's really a single player system. And then you know, P- PS4s. They're not necessarily hard to get, but they're they're expensive no. for for schools. And then, especially for what a seven year old system at this point, if not more. Yeah, and then you know, Play Versus has not switched to PS5s, but good luck getting one of those. Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> I I have a friend. <laughs> that's, a, that's how you. It feels doesn't okay. Add some entertainment. Does it not feel a little seedy right now? And, and trying to get gaming equipment to go off the topic a little bit, like. Hey, uh, can you get me one of those PS5s? <laughs> yes, yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I, there's a friend of mine on Facebook. Every time I turn around, he's posting like a new PS5. And I'm like, how is he getting these? And then I don't want to know. No, right, I, right. I don't want to know. You don't know what truck it came off of. You don't know. Listen, Kate, don't ask about my business. Okay, little godfather for you. Just don't. No, Dude, but funding your programs are hard. It is. Um, we're... It's just, it's different than traditional sports in a way. And then sometimes it's not like football, obviously, you know, that it, it funds itself. You know, football and, and, has and a they lot have of fundraise too because they have a lot of expenses. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, some of the, I don't want to say less popular, but e-sports I mean, but, is, but that's is, what is it is. Some, yeah. Yeah. some of the other sports, you know, we're pretty much self funded and it can be difficult. So I can talk a little bit about funding for my large program and also what I'm currently doing for my small program, um, because just the, the two schools had different budgets, like the large program, right. they did the East Blosh tax, mm-hmm. which was very good. That's how the school got a lot more money mm-hmm. uh, with that tax. And so some of that came our way. Uh, but, you know, most of our equipment came from CTAE funds. We did we upgraded the business labs. I mentioned that in a previous episode. But um, we also just started getting local sponsors. And since it was a bigger city, sponsors were easier to get. They weren't drained dry by other programs. Mm-hmm. Like, and I said, I, I'm in a smaller town and and I'm not knocking any of my, my competitors out there for going out and getting sponsorships, but a, a local town can only support so much. And especially during the pandemic, those funds went bye-bye um, because they just didn't have the dollars to give. I think another aspect is that I think people to understand about esports is that we are one of the, if not only, non-revenue driving e- uh, programs. We don't have a gate to collect. We don't have, you know, visitors coming to watch our games and we're charging a fee. And mm-hmm. but we also, you know, and if you probably remember these days where we were pitched, oh, the upfront cost is nothing. It's X compared to that. I'm going, yeah, but you're talking about what would be a ref bill, you know, program X who supplies this or the you know the different cost and the different way they have billed us for students and i would need at least you know a thousand to two thousand dollars a year just to cover fees much less equipment yeah that's true because the student fee is 64 dollar per student and play versus does have like a tiered payment plan but mm-hmm. you know if you're at a title one school which most of us are that can be very expensive right and also they've changed it so many times and uh Something I want to talk with PlayVS about is why they keep changing their billing model. Because when I first started, it was direct to student. They couldn't play unless they paid their $64. And then they went into a overall licensing. Do you remember that there for mm-hmm. a bit? It's like here, it'll cost $2,000 if you want to do all the game. I'm mm-hmm. using that. I'm throwing that number out there. It may have been more. It may have been less. It was, But it was a good chunk of change. It was X amount that. of money to play all the game. Right. And mm-hmm. so, so fundraising for that was very difficult. And then we added the new tier of, well, if you just want to play Rocket League, you know, 
that's that's a free to play. Mm-hmm. And so it's it and now we're back to the $64 if you want to add in the Mar in the Nintendo games and and such. And I'm looking at I'm, uh, some difficult fundraising choices. I really have to make some, you know, choices when it comes to that. Cuz then uh, going back to equipment now that we've expanded to all these games, it's not necessarily that you just need computers or um Xbox or PS4 controllers to plug into the computers, you now need the switches. Then you need the specific games and then you need the online service, which and it, it just up. everything just adds up. And, you know, right. I'm not knocking play versus for that, but no, that's just but if even if we didn't have play versus, we would still need if we're going to do this and do it right. We would need the, we would need the equipment. We mm-hmm. would need the games and we would need the online service. And I don't think people who are not familiar with esports don't realize that adds up to be a good bit of money. The good news is is that we're typically attracting gamers who have those features anyway. Like a lot of my kids who played Super Smash, they had their own Switches already. Right. And the ones that didn't, we had, the school had some and they just had to share. But if none of them had had a Switch, we would not have, like I wouldn't have been able to have the funds to, to raise to get those games. No, and I think I think that's where we're getting into the the privilege section of esports, where it's going to be, can you afford to pay the X number of dollars? I mean, I'm, I'm glad, I, I'm going to say this, I'm glad we're not using any Xbox games. I really am glad that we're not featuring, you know, a lot of that because I can't afford to pay $65, $75 a year or more for Game Pass when thankfully it's not a great service, but Nintendo's Nintendo Online's 20 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it thankfully is something I can't, I can't afford if I have to help with get out. Yeah. So we, these are just the realities that we think people really need to, to understand that we, one, we're competing. If you're in a small town, you're competing with other sports for your sponsors, which Rightfully makes so. it difficult. Yeah. Um, yep. The the equipment is very hard to get right now because of the pandemic and COVID and we can't charge uh, like some kind of gate fee or referee fee with nope. with the program, so you're you're left wondering like, well, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to like fund all this stuff? And we both have had mixed successes with different things. Now we both know of several coaches, and shout out to you know different programs out there um, amongst our advisory council who run. Um, I think one of your avenues of fundraising for your areas is a gaming tournament, right? Yes, that is a big source of revenue for your program uh, at the large school. Um, what we did is we got that approved by the board and we held the tournaments on Saturdays. Uh, there was a reason specifically that I picked the weekend because if it was Saturday, I did not have to follow school regulations, which means right. we could we could play any game we wanted. So I could play games yeah. that were restricted and also we could sell food that was normally restricted. So right. you would have gaming tournaments. You would charge like a fee for the kids to participate. Um, you would take a small percentage of what you made and offer that as money along with the trophy. And then you would sell like sodas and candies while while people were there to watch and participate. And that's a good way to fundraise. It is. And um, in larger systems, I could see that working. In a smaller system, it would be kind of difficult. Um, I, I've thought of doing invitationals. And I, I'm sure you know what an invitational is. And if you don't, what it is, it's basically where you invite other schools to come and play and have a little bit of fun. And I know that some of our colleagues out there have invitationals and they've run them and we want to get you on. We want you to hear about your invitational success. I know Ashley wants to hear about it because we want to do these for our schools. I think for a smaller system, what I do works for me. Does that make sense? I have to do what works for me and it's getting some local sponsorship. I was blessed for the longest time with the Friedman family and the fastest dog, but I also came along and had uh, Dave Garner and Woodland Life that paid for our jerseys this year. And we did all we did was Rocket League in the fall, but now in the spring we're doing it all. And so I'm having to raise funds and I'm doing a raffle and where I'm raffling off one of those nice, 
pieces of equipment that's hard to come off of and a $250 Amazon card because that's pretty much $250 cash. Let's just be honest about it's not like the old days where a gift card isn't the best thing ever. Amazon is cash pretty much now. So, and I guess I'm having that donated. And the reason I'm a big raffle proponent, and this is for coaches out there, is that you don't want overhead costs. You don't want to be out there and owe some company $1,000 for cookie dough or pizza cards or calendars and actually name some other things. <laughs> I could go on forever on product. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of the students having to sell stuff because one, other sports and clubs do it mm-hmm. and teachers are just on limited income and, you know, yes. you'll have 10 to 20 students go to like a couple of teachers like, hey, can you you fund me for X, Y, and Z? So I, I really don't like to do that. A local sponsors is the way to go and raffling. Like um, recently I've been cleaning out all my old game systems mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I can't sell them at GameStop. GameStop's not going to give me <laughs> diddly, no, squat, no, diddly no. squat for them. So I was actually packaging them in boxes and I was going to raffle them off. Like I have a Wii. Nice. Uh, Xbox 360, PS3. And it's and just, right it's there. got a ton of games with it. And I thought oh, right. that, that yeah. would, that pretty, would be like a great, great thing. Yeah. It, it's amazing what classic gaming and how much money you can easily make with classic games nowadays. And we're not even talking about 20 years old. I'm talking about 10 year old games that people are just wanting to play again. Um, I had a family friend reach out about, Hey, do you have any Wii controllers? I'm like, got a ton. Would you like, would you like some Wii controllers? I got to hook you up. But yeah, it's, that's another route to go is I like that. I like the, the, the mystery box. What games are you going to get in this mystery box? I may do that to my son. His PS4 may disappear because uh, <laughs> he's got too many games. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I'll let you know how that goes. Because uh, like okay. I said, I haven't done it yet. And when I'm I'm cleaning out and, you know, it'll it'll put the equipment to good use. Like I know the kids would really yes. enjoy getting like a, a retro game system, even though I don't consider the Wii re- I, retro. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I'm breaking up my ColecoVision, you know, <laughs> getting that away this week. The my Atari 2600 is ready. It's ready. That's retro. Okay, listen. It's you know it was made in the 70s. Listen up, folks. Uh, like I was. Um, no, it's 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 interesting about fundraising a, a program. People consider esports small, but again, we're at 141 and climbing schools. And unless a revenue stream comes along, and this is not the GHSA's responsibility, it's not high school's responsibility. I really think this is going to be where PlayVS and other them come along, going, hey we're going to do X for you in exchange for the number of programs you've got involved so we can offset our costs some. Because if not, I think it's going to price out some schools. I really do. Especially, I have to say, I'll give, I'll give PlayBS credit. When we got away from PCs, has helped. Because yes, we have consoles. Yes, they change. But the kids have them. Gaming PCs, man, uh, I, I, I wish we I, know, I had known two years, three years ago that they were going to head more into the console side of things. I'd have raised more money. I'd, I could have saved some money then. Yeah, for a while. Um we were just working with the information we had and it was, we're only going to do PCs. like PC games. Yeah. And well, then, there was a ban on, I mean, there was a ban on consoles. You couldn't, you couldn't play on them. And I was mad at the time. I was like, had Rocket Leaguers who played on the Xbox. I'm like, I, they can play it just as well. Crossover and play. I mean, but I understand. Yep. So having the consoles has worked. Um, another thing about fundraising, and I did this at my large school, I have not done this at the smaller school yet, is getting the parents involved and making a booster club. Yes. Mm-hmm. It does help. The problem, with, and again, I'm not all negative Nancy, but 
The issue with booster clubs is, again, it's that they're there to pump money out of the community. And in a smaller system, it's there's so many booster clubs to compete with. So what I have found I've done is I've partnered partnered up with other organizations and we're, we, we've done joint fundraisers. So that way we have more kids selling the same stuff. But I have more kids. When I set like a 10 ticket minimum on the raffles, I've got instead of 50 kids, I've got 150 kids. So we're selling 1,500 tickets instead of just the 1,000 tickets we'd have sold. So it that's helped out. It's partnering up. And yes, you split some you split some money a little bit, but it definitely helps out a lot. I will say at the smaller school, um, it's still kind of a struggle to kind of figure out what to do. I've only been at the small school, I guess, going on two years. Well, a year and a half, almost two years. And I'm still adjusting to working with a smaller program. So, I mean, I do charge my students a fee. Right. Player, player a fees. Fee. Yeah, player fees are are, are, are are a necessity at this point. And, you know, play VS is it's around $64. But if you throw in jerseys, if you want in food, snack, I mean, everything that you're going to do it, I, I don't see it being outside the realm of, of being horrible of saying $100 a year to play, you know, $100 a season. And I think that's another issue that needs to be addressed is the you know the multiple seasons. That's where the cost goes up, and that's a that's a that's a later discussion. <laughs> that's a later discussion. I was but. I was gonna say I charge my students thirty um, per kid each season when it's sixty four. Now does that that hurt the program some because I'm not charging the full amount? Yes, but I'm I'm trying to do what's best for the community that I'm in because thirty dollars might be a lot to a couple of kids. Hey, no, no, I, and I always and I'm just throwing numbers out there. Um, when we didn't, since we only had Rocket League in the fall, we didn't have an upfront goal. I just, we didn't have a player fee. Is it being that we're doing the Nintendo, we're going to try to offset it to where it's a little, a little more reasonable. If I can get it to about 50, then that way I can still afford jerseys. It's not the full fee. And I think also that I can probably get PlayVS to help bot a little bit with that. They, Cause they will, they'll rate it. They'll, they'll help you out a little, but they still have to make their money too. Some would argue and I would too, where does that money go? But that's another episode. So... <laughs> I will also um, say applying for grants. There are a ton of not necessarily esports grants, but just like um, technology improvement grants. And esports kind of kind of falls under that. So you know you could go the grant route. And I got the Georgia wanna, Rural. I got the Georgia Rural Equalization Grant. And yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out to Christy Hobgood. Um, she's one of my parents. And she's my, one of my colleagues. She has taught with me for, I think, 15 years now. And she had saw a tweet from them, <laughs> just simply a tweet about this grant. And we applied and it bought four brand new gaming PCs. So, yeah. Uh, and it was there because we're our goal and our goal is, is very valid. We're trying to increase the amount of girls playing. And so and, and increase diversity at our school playing the games. And we have we've almost we have 300 percent. Um, have done so, and I'm going to apply again. I'm going to apply and apply and apply until they keep. All they can do is say no. <laughs> all I can say, Christy, Christy wrote the grant. We got the money, and it has it has helped a great deal. And good news is, is that here's folks, is that the economy is rolling. There's money out there. It's just finding it. It really is. It's just finding it right now. Uh, we're going to be looking for sponsors for this program. Trust us, because we want to offset our costs. We enjoy doing this, but you know, we like to do this. For a little more free. <laughs> so. Yeah, like a, um, just finding sponsors for anything is a challenge. Like we've been trying to find sponsors for this podcast and I put out some feelers. We're, we'll see. We're working there. We're getting there. And I think when we get some of our interviews done and those coming people come along and 
I can't wait to get coaches and players uh, from all over the nation. I really can't. And we're going to be having some upcoming features on other things. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, that's fundraising. If you have any tips, please email us. <laughs> please message us. Let us know because we're just trying to help other coaches out there because every day there's another a coach starting an esports program and it is not easy. So that's it for fundraising. We'll be back after the break. Just a sec. Welcome back, everybody, to the Esports Report. This is our wrap-up. Uh, I think we're going to talk about some, some upcoming changes that we've seen with Play Versus. And, uh, you know, our, our seasons are actually getting really close to starting. So I'm doing sign-ups next week. <laughs> I've been doing sign-ups since they announced new games. Um, I, I'm excited. Uh, Mario Kart. I, I have mixed feelings. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. I asked my students about Mario Kart and um, a lot of them are just they seem OK with it. But I think I have a lot more Smash players uh, oh, this season. Man. Yeah, uh, Smash uh, Mario Kart in here. And I think it's good. I think we're going to get more girls. And mm-hmm. that's a good, always a good thing. And it's not because girl, only girls play Mario Kart. It's just more girls play Mario Kart than they do some of the other games that we have. Um I think it's just a less intimidating game. Like I did have a girl who signed, who had never played league sign up to play league. And she's like, I can't, this is, this is a lot. And I'm like, well, why don't you try smash? And she's like, I'm not really into fighting games. And then they announced Mario Kart, and they're like, Oh, okay. I can, it's all I I can do. I can do racing. (laughs) I can do the Mario Kart. I got the coolest email about Mario Kart and I, I would read it, but I don't, you know, want to, confidentiality and stuff but i had a young lady email me and she broke it down to me about how good she was at mario kart and it wasn't like talking smack it was like i have competed in regional tournaments i've competed on national tour- i'm going i got a ringer yeah <laughs> i've got a ringer All man right. are you telling me that you're also going to win a mario kart state championship on top of the rocket we league some, well we, we we do have something about things that drive okay <laughs> i'm hoping hey look i i Here's the thing, though. It's a four-player. It's a four-team, four-team tournament. So it's not like it's going to be, you know, one kid can carry you. But uh, if she's as good as she says she is, I yeah, yeah, <laughs> rings. <laughs> so well, listen. This is going to be the season for for where I work. I almost said okay. the name, but for where I work, because yep. we are coming in hot with that Super Smash team. I got like an A-list team this year. I my Super Smash team's looking pretty good too, and it's such it's it's good to see something that you just can't predict who's going to be good at it. Now, at Rocket League, if you research, you can find out who's going to be good at Rocket League, League of Legends. Easily look up who's going to be league. You don't know until they show up who's good at at Smash Brothers, who's good at Mario Kart, Splatoon, uh, FIFA, Madden. There's not a rank out there for these guys that you know easy to look up is easy. You know, you know what I'm saying. Where and uh, you pull up, yeah, I, I will say, uh, my super awesome super smash team, they're my team from last year. I don't want my team from last year to feel like feel bad, they're really good. So, um, I'm, I'm just really excited, and they're excited. Like, I'm always happy to see the mm-hmm. kids excited because it just it just makes everything that we do worth it. Like, it makes oh, yeah. the aggr- the aggravation of going through all the admin stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, setting the equipment oh, up. All right. That. Oh, gosh. The TVs. If I have to move more <laughs> TVs, I move so many TVs. And, um, 
yeah, it, it sounds like a small problem, but this is what's funny about esports, and I and I want to go off on this tangent for just a second, is that it's going to end up taking so much more space than we have, because if they keep adding these games, I'm out of room, and I'm actually, my school's been really cool about finding me places to play, and you know it was easy to do PCs in a room. That's easy, but console games, it's not so easy. It's mm-hmm. not that easy to, to space them out and give them because it's not fair for them to play on a monitor the size of a, a standard computer monitor. It's not the same with them playing on their big TV at home. And then sometimes they will bring their big TV and you're like, I don't know where to set this up. I don't know where to put that. And you're bringing, <laughs> what do you want me to do with the 70 inch monstrosity while I'm, you know, during the day? You know, what do you, okay, I'm putting, you know what, I'm putting the game on behind me. I'm, I'm going to hit, yeah, y'all go ahead, you know. I, it's crazy. It is crazy. But I'm excited. I'm excited. You're scared that something's going to happen to it during the day while it's on your watch, and you're just like, oh, my God. I I have a section dedicated to putting the switches up and their controllers because my guys bring their controllers in because that's just – they want to play with what they want to play with. And I'm going, I guys, y'all leave the TVs at home. They're not happening because we had that issue with gaming PCs. I was like, guys, you're killing me. You're killing me here. This is a lot of equipment, a lot of money that I am not responsible for. And the other big changes are the way they're doing scheduling this year. Now, shout out to PlayVS finally letting us put in our spring breaks. Designated week, no matches. Finally. Four years later. <laughs> you, If you have not been a coach trying to schedule and reschedule matches during spring break yeah. is – a nightmare 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 folks and they also are getting away from the hybrid swiss model which i'm going to be interesting to see how that works we're going to do just the swiss model <laughs> um i'll need more breakdown on that we can have an episode swiss versus hybrid swiss no um so we we change I, it every year i don't think those every season that's been consistent um just no. when we've done it so no and you know, it's funny is that we still haven't brought up Smite. <laughs> and you good Smite players out there. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> no love on no love on the esports report. So Ashley, what are we coming up? We have some interesting interviews and stuff coming up, don't we? Yeah. Uh let me think. Uh next week we have some representatives from Play Versus, which we mentioned in a previous episode. We're we're awesome. super excited about that. I'm still working on the CEO play versus interview and we have a company, a game and esports company from Texas. We're also doing next week. Okay. And then uh, we actually got an email at the esports report uh, to be on a podcast, right? Yes. No, we got one joining us. They're coming along. They're coming along to uh, it's the head of the Georgia commission of scholastic esports, I believe is the name. And he uh, reached out and wants to be on our show. And we want to do that. We want to show that there are other organizations out there that, that are trying to help spread spread the good word that is esports to all the schools. So anything that gets players involved, stuff like that. I know we're going to have some player interviews and some coaches interviews coming up too. And guys, all it takes is an email. Hey, I'd like you to be our featured program. We'd love to feature you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be reaching out to some friends that I've competed against, lost against, beaten. <laughs> Just get out here and talk because I know once I get you on the air, I, you're like me. You can't stop. We like talking about our programs. We're, we're, we're proud of it. There's nothing we wrong are. with being an esports coach. There's nothing wrong with being an esports coach. There's a lot right with being an esports coach. 
And we're, we're passionate about it, uh, not just for ourselves, but for our students. So, you know, if you have some awesome students or awesome stories that you want to share, we're, we're here for you. That's the whole point of what we're doing. Bring awareness, educate, and entertain. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the Esports Report. This is your host, Will Nix, and his awesome co-host, Ashley Hodge. Say bye, Ashley. Bye.